This episode of The Startup Life is brought to you by People Ready. Startup Nation, you have a lot on your plate. The last thing you need to stress about is finding quality staff or the available work you need to be successful. Save time and headache by working with a trusted staffing partner that meets your everyday needs. PeopleReady is a national staffing provider with over 600 locations across the country and 30 plus years of experience serving people just like you. They specialize in a variety of industries including retail, manufacturing, logistics, general cleaning, hospitality, construction, and more. People Ready understands that you're busy and on the go. That's where their mobile app, JobStack, comes in. Use the app to place orders or find work 24-7 or wherever you are. And as social distancing continues to change the way we interact with customers, colleagues, and our everyday lives, JobStack provides the ability to find the right temporary workers or work you need while eliminating the amount of physical touch points needed in the staffing process. Visit PeopleReady.com forward slash Startup Life to learn more about how you can partner with PeopleReady. Hey, Startup Nation. So clearly, if you're listening to this, we ran out of time on radio and we don't like to make our radio partners upset with us. But we still want to give you that extra content. So that bonus content of the Startup Life begins now. So, uh for all the for all the types of clients and and you know i I, i've I've been very lucky in my career to have some terrific clients and great opportunities where i really have to be on my toes so much of it that i do is is really training people to think about how to make that match more effectively i'll tell you another thing dominic Uh, i was asked to uh, my 40th college reunion uh, was supposed to be next weekend but they've asked uh, me and some other people to be on a panel uh, that'll be a virtual panel, but it's a really, and they have some very, uh, there's some very famous people on this panel, actually. And I just feel like I'm on this panel. What's wrong with this picture? Who, who's this guy? My wife said, well, just be the comic relief and you'll be fine. But honestly, I have a lot of things to say. Right. The, the, the topic is about trust. It's about trust. Of course, it's very broad. And there's some political people and some journal, journalism and law people on this panel. Right. And so what I bring, I think, is is the issue about in business communication, but also the concept of trust that we have in our everyday lives. And when I ask, when I'm working with, let's say, a fund manager who's trying to sell uh, his or her fund to an investor, and let's say it's a, it, I don't wanna, let's say it's a commo- commodity fund, not meaning like it's gold, that kind of commodity, but it's something that's not very different from what anyone else is selling. I have to go out, I have to help people say, what differentiates my product from yours? And especially if, if it's kind of the same. So then I said, aside, take returns off the table. So it has to be, if I'm going to have someone invest my money for me, there has to be a sign of trust. So how are you going to demonstrate trust? And then I challenge people and I say, when in your private life, how do you decide something as simple as who's going to paint your house to who's going to be the surgeon to operate on your child? Right. So it's not just, OK, the, the, the painting house might be best price, someone who does a good job for my neighbor, someone I can trust can just do a good job because I can see it. All right. What about the, the one for who's been operating your child? How are you going to feel comfortable that you trust somebody? So I ask it. OK, so let's turn it around. If you're trying to sell you as someone who's trustworthy, how can you prove that? How can you prove that to me? How can I prove to you, Dominic, that I'm trustworthy? And how, or how can you feel comfortable after we've spoken and you've done your research that you say, okay, I'm ready to take that leap of faith. And 
I, I think it's a really interesting concept because we deal with it in our lives. We, we are satisfied with our due diligence about comfort level up to a certain point. And then, okay, then we have to just jump in and decide. So when I work with people, I have to help them with that process to, if I, okay, if I'm going to sell something, well, here's three people I'd like you to talk to that I've done work for. And I want you to ask them for their unbiased opinion and how they they have succeeded in their goals based on working with me. So it always helps to have that ready. Or if you'd like, I can help you with a problem that you, you did in the past. I'll tell you how I would have approached it. And I don't even know what your outcome is, but this is my approach. Gotcha. So there has to be something that you are ready to do to be able to be prepared for the types of questions that you're going to get about trust or why we should work together. So when I say so much of it is understanding your audience, really think about what these people value more than anything else. Absolutely. And how are you going to be able to prove that? Absolutely. Well, let me ask you that. You know, quick follow-up if I could, because I imagine sometimes you get a little pushback. From oh my gosh. People. Yeah. Like, so, so like, how do you work through the pushback? Because it's easy to say, Hey, you know, this is what I do. And then like, and they just gobble it up and then like, Hey, everything's good. You cut the check and you move on. But like, there's probably times where it's like, uh, I don't know, Peter. And like this, you know, we, we've kind of had this experience and that didn't work. And so what do you do with that pushback? You know, it's going to be different for everybody. Right. I, in my case, Sometimes it's really hard to quantify, which is why I, I like to set my goals to be consistent with their their goals. And I, you know, I can't necessarily offer a guarantee, but I will say because my work means a lot to me that if things have not changed in terms of someone's behavior, in terms of how they're doing something, I mean, I can't say that if you're going to I'm going to train all your people, then automatically your sales are going to go up. I can't. I would like to be able to have that happen, but it's only going to happen if the people buy into what I'm doing. Right. I, I'm recommending. Right. So, but if you feel that your salespeople haven't hit it, or they're just saying, "Oh, that was interesting," but I can't put it into my work style, I will go back and I'll say, "Listen, if you're not satisfied, I, I just want to make sure that I drum it into their heads." But remember, it can't just come from the outsider; it has to come from management. Gotcha. But uh, so there, there are ways that I, I've dealt with that. I've, I've never, uh, you know, no one's ever asked me for a complete guarantee or you know, you guarantee or your money back. Right. It, you know, right. when you're dealing when you're dealing with a consultant, it is a leap of faith. Right. You know, it definitely is a leap of faith. And I guess my my the trust that people have to have in me is based on the reputation that I've done it for other people, just the way anyone else would do it. But I'm, I'm a victim of the, exactly the same thing, Dominic, that uh, you only have your reputation to, to to hold you up. I hear that. And I appreciate that that transparency, Peter, because like I said, we have a lot of people who want to be coaches and consultants. And, and that's one of those things where, yeah. you know, they just wish it's always just very smooth. Right. And so I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Like, look, look, yeah. There are times where it's like, eh, not so much. So You're right. Sure. Right. But, you know, but part of a consultant, too, then, I mean, I might look at uh, someone's consulting, what you know, what they do. And I just like, oh, God, that is so not my style. You know, for me, if I were looking right. right, this is so not my style. I don't want someone to do an assessment of me every day or I don't want to do this type of exercise because it's really not relevant. OK, but other people might find that's very helpful to me because I'm more introspective. Maybe they're more introspective than I am and they need those type of skills. So I I the people ask me, you know, went all through through all my career when I had a very specific niche, I people would say, how do you become a good consultant? And I would say, really try to find a niche and. I don't want to say exploit it in a bad way, but make sure that you are the expert in that niche because you have to be able to prove it and do the hard work, but that really helps you get your foot in the door. Right, right now, we're in a place where we're, we're in a different environment. The world has changed. I don't know. I can't say 
how things are going to be different, you of know, course. six months to a year from now. However, I also know that businesses are really focused on their success on, on maintaining strong operations right now. So the consultants that I think are that are succeeding are perhaps process ones uh, who can really say, all right, how are we going to re renegotiate our our financial instruments so we can just watch financial, you know, really have, have better financial planning. I, I have a feeling that's what's getting in the way because I, I've sent a lot of proposals out recently and from, from longtime clients and people say, they say, this is great, but right now we just can't focus on this. So I, if people are going to be entrepreneurs or, or uh, consultants, I right. think I, I'm all for it, but the landscape is just different. And if you can really think in advance, or like, how am I going to take advantage of dislocation six months from now try to be really analytic about what that's going to be and I, I don't have the answers yet i i am writing some pieces about things about what i think the future of communication is i think leaders have to be much more open and emotional than they were before and acknowledge how they are handling uh, uh the pandemic and how they have to demonstrate that they are one of us and I also think that we talked about Zoom meetings before. I also think meetings like Zoom meetings, if you go to three in a row, you're like, you just want to take a nap. Right. They're they're so <laughs> exhausting. Right. So anyone who thinks you're going to have a two hour Zoom meeting, they're out of their mind. Right. Uh, you can be much more efficient if you think. And I just wrote a piece on on uh, you know, meetings of the future. And I think meetings of the future are ones where there's so much more work pre-meeting. So the the meeting really, so everyone gets comes to an agreement beforehand. And then when you're actually at the meeting, it's all about just affirming what we know or just coming to a consensus about something. So you're not going, no one has to present in details. People will have read it on their own time. And it takes more effort to do that. But man, I think it's going to be help people be more efficient. Absolutely. So too, you know, we're we're all trying to figure this thing out. But I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. You know, leaders have to have a different approach to not just how you know building the culture within you know from a remote, distant type of era, which we're kind of I guess we're kind of entered uh, and have yeah. the communication piece, but also uh, you know how you know how how, how just we overall communicate. Uh, as well that's 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 definitely a challenge but you know it is what it is that's this is where we are now so <laughs> yeah that so you know peter you was talking about how you know you were supposed to have your your 40 year reunion and stuff like that yes. and i hate that got canceled for you uh and we were talking a little bit about off air about how we have a lot of high school seniors who had prom and and you know mm. and, and graduations canceled we have uh, college, you know, graduating seniors who aren't able to take that last walk through the university center at the school and meet there and talk to their professors one last time before they leave college campuses. And I met, and now, I mean, you know, you just said it yourself. We're entering in a totally different type of work environment now, as opposed to literally what two months ago. And so, yeah. and, and so, what is some of that advice you would give that that 21, 22, 23 year old entering the workplace as it is now? Yeah, 
It's, it's a great question, Dominic. And I wish I had tons of answers for, for young people because right. I've seen a lot of examples where my nephew included, who is just graduating from college this year. Right. I have a nephew and niece both graduating from college. Mm. Uh, my nephew had a job offer that was rescinded. Mm. Uh, he is very close to another one. He's had a, actually, he has had a couple of job offers that he's turned down. Gotcha. My niece, gotcha. same thing. She is, she had a, a job offer that she turned down and she's not sure what, neither of them has anything set up. Right. I know other people who have great offers, uh, but you know one of them is in the other part of the country. But he's not sure whether he's even supposed to move right. to go to the other because is, is there worth it to move to a place where you're not even supposed to show up? Right. So we're in this big uncertain time, and I I just don't have the answers for for young people about what what the future is going to be, but. I hope they can use this time to be as reflective as possible about perhaps really thinking about what they like, what they what what they're truly interested in. You know, you know, what yeah. is what is your passion? And and to be fair, I you know, I had a lot of jobs after college. It took me a long time to get into the career I ended up in. I and I don't want to go back and say, oh, I regret any of those things because uh, you know, I what I got from that was like, oh, I don't want to do this again. Right. But um, if you have this more introspective time, it's a chance for you to do research, talk to, you know, never stop talking to people, never stop uh, you know, emailing people and saying, this is what I am. Could I, could we even have a phone conversation about stuff? What's the state of this market? What, if I were to go into this, what would people do today? People who are really, who are employed and, and can see how their industry has been affected. Yeah. People like talking about their jobs. It's just a hard time for everybody. And if right. someone came to me, um, you know, they said, I want to be a consultant, in my, my advice, you cannot be a consultant right away. You really need to develop some skills first right. some, to, to give yourself right. some credibility. But uh, I, but even that, I mean, even for me saying that, okay, gives them some bit of knowledge that they can take to the next step. And I would just, I just encourage people to use all their networks, their alumni networks, their even as much as you don't want to call your father's best friend Brad, uh, you know, who's, he's been nagging you to say, call my friend Brad. He's right. got some great idea. You know, right. he's like, Dad, please, I don't want to call him Brad. <laughs> uh, you know, at some point you might just like, all right, I'll talk to Brad, uh, just to just to talk just right. to talk and and but it's not talk it, it's also listening just saying this is who i am this is what i'm interested in tell me about your career path or how are how are things in your industry today you'll, you'll just learn a little bit more than than the stuff you read and i i would use this time now and, and hey listen the other thing is if you're fortunate enough to be able to live at home and mm, host for a little bit right you know try to do some volunteer work if you can just make make sure that you get up and are busy doing something i hear that i hear that i think that that's great advice you know clearly you know uh you know you are somebody's dad man because that that's just that's amazing advice thank you for sharing that because oh I, you're welcome because I, I imagine like look there's a lot of you know once again 21 22 23 year olds and they're you're already trying to figure it out and then you throw this yeah. thing on top of it right and, and so it's like you know you have a lot of people just kind of feeling, you know, a little kind of down, not really sure what to do. But I think that's sure. excellent advice, especially that part where you talk about just kind of figure out a lot of stuff and see what you like. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean? you know, be reflective mm-hmm. in that part. And you're absolutely right. I'm, I, I, I'm right there with you. You know, 22, 23 years old. I, I am not doing what I was doing now, but like even then, I think there was value in just trying some stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so. I say that at universities too. I mean, I. Yeah. I, I did it right before the pandemic. Yeah. I was at, at a university making a speech and 
It was it was right after winter break and, and the day before the winter semester started. So most of the people were back, but some people are coming back that night. And I, I, at that point, maybe half of, of the seniors had jobs. I'm not really sure, but I think the people who were there were people who didn't have jobs. They wanted to come back and get a head start on on looking for things. And with social media, you know, you see certainly this is several months ago already, but people are saying, look at my job. I'm so excited. I'm going to start here. And maybe they have a, a new T-shirt from their new employer or whatever. And so I just raised the, I said, raise your hand here if you feel like a complete loser. And every, everyone's hands went up there. It's like, well, stop looking at social media and seeing all their friends. That's and important. if you get a job, you know, it's just like knock it off. Right. And then I, I also said, and also adults in this room, raise your hand here if you're still doing this or we're in the same career you are you were in when you were 22. And all adults raised their hand. Like I had nothing. To, what I did I, when I was out of school, nothing to do with what I, what I do now. Absolutely. I, I nothing. That. Yeah. You know, I, I always say my my life is a lot like if you're familiar with the movie Slumdog Millionaire, where all these, I loved it. All these bits and pieces of things kind of culminated into what I do now. Right. Yeah, you know, so you know, that's kind of that's a great point. That's yeah. a really great point, Dominic. And I have to say that when I think about that in retrospect, I I kind of feel the same way. I mean, right. it's a stretch for some stuff, but right. I know that I would. I mean, I, that's how I introduced it today. I said, you know, even growing up in New York gave me something that led me to where I am now. And right. growing up as a as a sick kid mm-hmm. and having to deal with a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's not direct, but it certainly has. Built, it's built into me somehow. For sure, for sure, for sure. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. You know, once again, we're talking to and wrapping up with Peter Yabitz, the author of Flip Flops and Microwave Fish. Once again, amazing book. If you're that graduating senior, it's definitely something you want to put in your entrepreneurial toolkit. And even if you're, you know, a little seasoned like me and Peter here, <laughs> you definitely want it as a refresher because it's, it's not only is it a great reminder uh, of some of the things to do in workplace culture and stuff like that, but also it's just funny. It's just a really great, funny book, but also full of valuable information. And speaking of funny, you may not know this about Peter, but he in 2005, he won the Nightlight Award for Outstanding Musical Comedy Performance from the New York City Cabaret Jazz and uh, Comedy Critics and the Backstage Magazine Bistro Award for Comedy Writing. So, look. One of the things I said in the review is that in this era of dad jokes, it's the perfect book to read. So you're the comedy <laughs> writer, man. Like, what's the anatomy of a great dad joke, in your opinion? Put you oh, on the spot I don't know. Bit. I see. I, when you said great, you know, dad jokes, I try to stay away from dad what? jokes. I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a dad joke guy. Gotcha. I, you know, someone said that to me, like, in the publicity group. They said, "He's it's full of dad jokes. And I said, no, it's really not. I, I, I think I think my humor is really more about the absurdity of situations or oh, people. Yeah, oh, yeah, put, yeah people putting that. on airs, which I just want to bang my head. Uh, yeah, my, my type of humor is... Uh, you know, I, I, I bring this up in the book also, but sure. uh, my first, you know, when you start working, you have to learn a couple of acronyms and buzzwords that people use yeah. within your organization. I, I've worked for companies that have so many acronyms that I just like, okay, I'm trying, I'm trying because I want to speak the language here. But then there are these dumb business cliches that people use that are only said because they think it's cool because their boss said them. Right. And they really, it's not just cultural for an organization it just it's like corpo speak and when my first my first job out of business school it was just like chock full of them and i created a cliche bingo board because i was so sick of all the young people (laughs) emulating the senior people who would say the same things over and over again it's like oh god what a bunch of little um 
copycats. So you know, stuff like that is like, anyone who tries to put on airs and they're so transparent about not being authentic to me, that is uh, that's grounds for humor. Gotcha. Uh, because, yeah. Yeah. And I'll do it to myself. I mean, and listen, I'm a victim of that too. Right. You know, I'm someone else's dad, but if I don't don't show a little self-deprecation, right. how could anyone take me seriously? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you're you're definitely right. You know, you definitely do an, an amazing job of taking the absurd and just leaning in with great, you know, you know, comedy writing and stuff like that. Like I said, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was Thank you. Funny. No, but but not hilarious in the like making fun of, making no. just like doing what you were doing. So, no, I appreciate Well, I mean, that. I mean the things that that you're looking that you're talking about. I mean, I, I was actually looking at it this morning. It's like, oh, that was pretty good. I didn't because I wrote it a while ago and it took a while to get you know to right, publish and everything. Right. I mean, there's a thing that I have about understanding what people say. So I have the things like when they say they could mean, but they also could mean, but right. they really should have said and they right. didn't say that before. It's so like one of them was when they say get it done whenever you get a chance. They could mean I really need it within the hour, but they could also mean I'm not giving you nonsense busy work since I can't think of anything else for you to do. Right. But they really should have said, I'd like you to finish this task within the hour because I'd like to proofread it before I email my boss later today. And they didn't say that because they worry that you will think they're too demanding and pushy if they're too direct. And then the last one in that column I have, when they say, I hate this, they could mean I hate this, but they also could mean I really hate this. But they really should have said, let me tell you why this isn't what we want. And they didn't say that because they don't realize that being overly direct can upset people. Right. Anyway, so I, that, that's my sense of humor. It's like you have to you have to have a little sense of humor about how people communicate there because there's an underlying motive or fear or whatever right right thank you for sharing all of that for sure peter what's your entrepreneurial superpower and why maybe my sense of humor, sense of humor. I, I, yeah. I, I mean that's the easiest yeah. thing and i, I think that's i have fair. to keep that keep that uh when my kids were little they they did a video for me uh it was like for father's day and my i have two kids my son said something like we love you because of your sense of humor and then my daughter said and because of your funniness and my son said that's the same thing as sense of humor so <laughs> i remember that it's like so even when they were little they knew that i was funny dad my 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 one of my best friends has kids kids much later in life so they are they're under 10 and uh, we, we we have an, we have another friend named Peter that we share in common, but for, to them I'm Funny Peter. So even the, they still say like, "Hi, Funny Peter." They call me. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> for sure. Well, and one, once again, I want to say thank you so much, uh, Peter, for coming on the show. Once again, Startup Nation, go to PeterYawitz.com to check out all the amazing content there. Go sure, make sure you go to uh, ClearCommunication.net on the website and on the um, show notes. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay uh, on the podcast as well. And also purchase flip-flops and microwave fish. We have the link there in the show notes as well for easy access to purchase the book. Peter, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, Dominic, it it is my complete pleasure. Startup Nation, it's great to get to know you. And Dominic, you're like my number two fan after my mother. But I trust you. But I... But I trust you more than I trust you. So there you go. <laughs> well, you're too nice. Checks in the mail. All right, Startup Nation. If you have an idea, be about that life. life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new Startup Blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. This episode of The Startup Life is brought to you by People Ready. Startup Nation, you have a lot on your plate. The last thing you need to stress about is finding quality staff or the available work you need to be successful. Save time and headache by working with a trusted staffing partner that meets your everyday needs. People Ready is a national staffing provider with over 600 locations across the country and 30 plus years of experience serving people just like you. They specialize in a variety of industries including retail, manufacturing, logistics, general cleaning, hospitality, construction, and more. People Ready understands that you're busy and on the go. That's where their mobile app, JobStack, comes in. Use the app to place orders or find work 24-7 or wherever you are. And as social distancing continues to change the way we interact with customers, colleagues, and our everyday lives, JobStack provides the ability to find the right temporary workers or work you need while eliminating the amount of physical touch points needed in the staffing process. Visit peopleready.com forward slash startup life to learn more about how you can partner with People Ready.